Tony Basilio, ladies and gentlemen, in studio control, live with you on the one, the only, it is your TV show, fired up, focus, prepared to be with you today, Florida Gators in town, going to make it right tonight, 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 whoa, 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 um, Gonna make it right tonight, tonight, tonight. Whoa, whoa. So it is absolutely next level. So proud to be with you today. John Adams, be by. Presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors. Also, Matt J. Dixon uh, will be here as well. We've got we've got a ton, and I mean a ton to discuss today. Uh, Tennessee, the NCAA, Tennessee, Florida, Tennessee, the future, Tennessee, the past, Tennessee, 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 Tennessee. We come back on the other side. We'll, we'll introduce the parties, and we'll get the party started right after this. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. 
Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job to defenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. This is Benjamin Sanders with the Columbia Kiwanis Club. Kiwanis is hosting its annual Sporting Clays fundraiser at the Murray County Gun Club on Saturday, April 15th. Columbia Kiwanis supports the Imagination Library in Murray County for children's literacy. Shooters of any age and skill are welcome to shoot, either as a team or an individual. Scholarships are available for youth to participate. Find us on Facebook, check out our website, or call Suzanne Ganser at 615-939-1928. We hope you join us for this great event. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. The great Kevin Brockaway of My Gainesville Son is now joining us on the program. John Adams is here. The great Matt Dixon is here, a.k.a. TGMD. It's a beautiful Thursday. Actually, it's not. The weather's kind of going to be spotty today, and who knows? Cold and rainy later, who knows? Uh, but Kevin Brockaway is joining 
Florida is playing some great, great, great baseball right now. And Kevin Brockway is here to talk about it. And Kev, welcome in, man. How you doing? Good, good. How are you guys up there? They're going to get the game in tonight or no? Uh, John Adams, I turn to you. You're our chief meteorologist of the Knoxville News Sentinel. John Adams, are we getting the game in tonight? Uh, let me check with my weather expert here. Just give me a second. All uh, right. How about you, Matt Dixon? What do you say? Doesn't sound like John's got the full radar on over Hey, that's there. wait a minute, Tony. In studio Tony control. Now. Doesn't sound like John's got the. Doesn't sound like John's got no. the. Uh, Matt, what Tony. do you say, buddy? Tony. What does Matt Dixon? If yes. They're getting the game in, okay. Okay, they're getting the game in. Okay. Kevin, I think they should have been tempted to go do one of these deals here because it's supposed to be really bad tomorrow. I think they should have thought about playing two, maybe. I, I don't know. We'll see how this thing play plays out. They could play two on Saturday, right? Well, I get Matt. I guess they could do that, right? If if push comes to shove. It's raining Saturday, Tony. Eighty yeah. percent chance. <laughs> I guess maybe play on Sunday. Who knows? Yeah. Florida with a long weekend up here. Uh, let's talk here, man. Tell me about the Gators so far. What do you think? A uh, really good lineup. I think this is as good a lineup as I've seen the Kevin O'Sullivan team have, you know, and certainly he's had, you know, those Pete Alonzo, Harrison Bader teams, uh, you know, were pretty powerful and potent back in, you know, 2014, 2015, 2016 that got to the College World Series. Uh, but this is a team that can hit. And, um, even when Wyatt Langford went down, uh, with his, uh, injury, uh, for about a month, uh, the lineup didn't skip a beat, and that's mainly because Jack Heckleone has emerged as, uh, you know, one of the best hitters in college baseball with 18 home runs, mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of RBIs. Uh, Josh Rivera has got 11 home runs from the shortstop position. I mean, this is a team that can, that can really mash up and down the lineup. Uh, you know, got a pretty good, uh, leadoff hitter in Kurland and, uh, a, a team that's really been, you know, productive. Uh, hitting wise, but the pitching has kind of been up and down. I think it started in the year with the bullpen, and right now the starting rotation has been a little inconsistent. But uh, they can certainly hit their way back in the game. And that's interesting, right? That that, uh, and I guess it's a chicken and the egg deal with the pitching and the hitting. And you know, Tennessee's been a little con- inconsistent in both areas. Um, I guess the real question about Florida is: Have they been tested just yet? I guess we're going to find out the answer, aren't we? Yeah, you know, they had an opening series with Alabama, and Alabama is certainly a team that, uh, you know, when you look at them, they're 6-3 and three in the SEC West, and uh, they took two or three from them at home, then uh, obviously swept Ole Miss, a team that's struggling on the road, but that was their first, you know, road sweep in Oxford since 1986, and then came home and took two or three from Auburn, uh, kind of had an off night on Friday night, and again, Sunday had to rally, but I think, you know, the big question mark is, you know, you thought the strength of this team was going to be in its starting rotation, uh, and it really hasn't been. They've just been kind of up and down so far. You know, Brandon Sproat's been inconsistent. He's been the ace, but, you know, his, his you know he, he threw a one-hit shutout against Alabama, and then against Auburn, you know, last week couldn't get out of the second inning, gave up eight runs. So it just depends on what you're going to see. And, and don't forget, Sproat is a guy who uh, was drafted in the third round and turned down a, a contract offer from the Mets to come back. So Sproke got kind of lit up Friday, right? Like, what what happened there, particularly to him? Yeah, I think it was just, you know, probably something mechanical and uh, something that maybe the uh, Auburn, you know, hitters were seeing. Um, you know, he was uh, 
obviously not just 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 not quite himself in that outing, and uh, as a result, uh, you know, left early and really, uh, you know, in that game, Florida did not rally back. They didn't have the bats going in that game, but for the rest of the series, uh, they were able to pick it up uh, offensively. I mean, I, I think Waldrip is another guy that they expected uh, to be uh, Tony probably. Uh, a little more dominant, and that hasn't been the case. He's had more control issues. Uh, but Spurt is a guy that when he's dialed in and when he throws strikes uh, can be really effective. Matt Dixon, jump in here as we visit. Kevin Brockaway joining us, Gainesville Sun. Hello, Matt Dixon. <laughs> is Matt is Matt Dixon there? He is hooked up. Matt is... Uh, Hello, I Matt see Dixon. His, he's muted. Hello, Matt Dixon. Hey John, hey, do you, do you have anything you might want to ask? <laughs> okay, since uh, Matt's gone dark, yeah, Kevin, I, I was curious. You've covered all sports there at Florida. Uh, I wonder how involved is the Florida baseball program with NIL? Because I think Tennessee's very much involved with it. Mm-hmm. LSU is too. But a lot of schools, I don't think, are investing that much in Iowa's in baseball. I just wondered where, where Florida is in that regard. Well, you know, it's interesting because Eddie Rojas, who, you know, founded the Gator Collective, was a former Gator baseball player. So, oh. um, I, I think they're, I think they're, they're, they are getting some guys through that. And certainly, you know, you take a look at some of the transfers, even, you know, a guy like Ryan Pell, a guy like Kirsten Waldrop. Uh, I think they've been able to, you know, lure people with some with some minor deals, but I don't know if they're necessarily breaking the bank per se. But I think that there's, I think there's opportunities out there throughout the whole athletic department with in regards to uh, NIL, and I think some, you know, I think some baseball players are definitely benefiting. It's pretty interesting uh, to stop and think about because obviously Florida had that. Depending on who you listen to, the Rashada quarterback, they had the NIL hiccup. Have they gotten that thing straightened out across their other sports? I think so. I think they're trying to, uh, you know, bounce back in that regard. I think with, you know, the whole recruiting landscape, though, it's it's obviously very competitive, right, Tony? And I think you've got a lot of different uh, entities or, you know, different schools that are, that mm-hmm. are angling and trying to come up with the better collective than the other school. And, and Florida is still in the process of, of you know, forming uh, what they believe is to be a, a good strategy in that, you know, regarding NIL and, you know, I, I, Billy Napier's been on a speaking tour, and he's talked about, well, you know, you've got to do it with integrity, too, and so forth. But uh, I don't know, you know, is, is integrity out the window at this point? When it comes <laughs> I mean, what's the stuff? point? Right. Yeah, what's the it's point? Just, right. It just mm-hmm. doesn't seem like, you know, there are really any guidelines. And if there are guidelines, you know, it's, it's not being enforced. Um, it's kind of like, you know, Everybody's going, you know, 90 miles an hour on the Florida Turnpike, and Florida's going 70 miles an hour. So there's got to be, I think, some give and take. And they also changed the law in Florida where the administration, you know, the schools could be a little more involved in the process, uh, which certainly for a school like Florida that, uh, you know, likes control, I think that will, will certainly help and, and suit their purpose. Kevin Brockway breaking it down scientifically uh, with us today. So, Back to this series, Florida can mash. Their pitching hasn't been uh, what it what it's supposed to be, I would say, to this point. Tennessee's starting pitching's been a little bit of a mystery. Uh, they've been getting ahead in counts and then getting hit while they're getting ahead, particularly their starters. 
uh, smaller ballpark. Uh, advantage whom here? What do you think as you, as you size up this series? I mean, I like Florida in the smaller ballpark because of their ability to mash and because they have mm-hmm. so many power hitters. I think that's going to certainly play really well uh, for them. But they're going to have to be able to pitch, too. I, I would expect that there's going to be a lot of high-scoring games in this series. You know, you're going to see a lot of, you know, you know, 9-7, to 10-8 uh, to eight kind of games um, just because of the way this team is constructed. And, you know, even on the back end, I don't know if a true closer has, has really emerged. I mean, uh, you know, certainly uh, they, they've got some question marks there. But Brendan Neely's been pretty good. Um, but the seventh and the eighth inning have been kind of an issue uh, for Florida this season. So, you know, they, you know, they they can let teams back into the game with their bullpen. So the message here is don't turn away. If a, if you're a Tennessee fan and you get down three or four runs tonight, don't uh, don't, don't change that dial. Is your advice? Yeah, and I, I think that's the case. But I do think that you know Florida's pitching. I mean, they've got some talented arms that could figure it out at any time. Uh, they just haven't yet, you know. And I, I think control, like I said, has been a big thing. I mean, you look at some of the walk totals uh, of some of these guys uh, per innings pitched. Um, you know, it's, um, uh, you know, uh, Hurston Waldrop, like I said, you know, 22 walks and 33 innings. Um, so he can get some guys on pace, but he's also, you know, got 66 strikeouts. So he's a guy that can kind of get in jams and get out of jams with, with the strikeout pitch. Um, and um, they've given up. I mean, the three stars have combined to give up ten homers in nine games, you know, nine SEC games. Uh, you know, we're close to 25 overall, so they are prone to give up a long ball on occasion. Um, but really the thing, too, is the walks. And wild pitches, too, have been a big issue. Um, you know, Herschel Waldrop has six wild pitches. Spurts got five. Keglione's got three. Wow. Um, so they've been, yeah, they, they've been a team that uh, certainly is, uh, you know, uh, we would call it a, a team that uh, certainly lets people, you know, run wild on, on the bases a little bit. And, and you know, that, that goes with the control. The one thing I will say about this Florida team, too, in addition to being better hitting team uh, this year, they really made an emphasis on base running, too. And uh, they're taking extra bases. I think that... Uh, you know, one of uh, one of their walk-off wins, uh, Josh Rivera made a, a great kind of, uh, you know, jump off third base on a, a, a short grounder to win a game. So they're really, their base running instincts this year, too, are a lot better than typical Florida teams. Matt Dixon, you are now fully connected, fully invested, fully on board with what's going on here. Hit it. Yeah, uh, just, you know, going off the base running stuff, you know, situationally, you know, Florida is, leads the SEC in a lot of the, the key hitting categories, like with, with runners on base, with two outs. Um, is, is that Was that an emphasis this offseason for, for O'Sullivan? I think so. You know, I think that uh, certainly, you know, when you're talking about, uh, you know, I, and I just think they have, you know, some very good hitters in that regard, too. Like Kate Kirtland, I mean, this is a guy that's uh, basically supposed to be a senior in high school, and he's hitting 333 on the season. Wow. Um, but you could see, you know, eight homers, 33 RBIs. You can see in, in their approach, I mean, he, this kid is just a really mature hitter um, for his, uh, you know, and it has been really a, a, a big addition to the lineup. And then, you know, in addition with Caglione, who, you know, was out last year with uh, with an injury, um, 18 dingers and 46 RBIs. I think they're just really good all around. But you can even see, like, uh, in the season opener, 
Uh, I think, you know, um, a majority of their RBIs came up with two outs uh, in runners in scoring position. So they've been, they've been really good in that regard this season. They've been, they've been pretty, pretty much good in, in all offensive categories, which, uh, you know, is a reflection on, uh, you know, uh, what, what they've, what they've tried to accomplish this year. So, Kev, the concern, going on the road, hostile series, haven't exactly had tremendous amount of success with Tennessee in recent years. Obviously, it's a different Tennessee baseball team now. They're introducing uh, all these new players into the equation. What are points of concern from your standpoint when you consider this series? Yeah, I would say, obviously, the pitching, keeping the ball in the ballpark. Like you mentioned, it's a smaller ballpark. Um, but I would say, you know, can they, you know, if they, and if they get a lead, can they maintain a lead? Can they hold the lead? You know, can they, you know, make big pitches in big spots? Uh, can they not throw wild pitches? Um, can they, you know, keep Tennessee from drawing bases on balls? You know, can they, can they stay in the strike zone? I think those are going to be really keys going forward. And then, uh, you know, offensively, I just think this lineup is deep enough where if someone doesn't produce, somebody else picks them up. So, uh, they've they've kind of really built a good lineup that way where they have, you know, a lot of different guys. Um, you know, Ryapel, you know, is is a guy that uh, mm. you know he's got thirty four RBIs, and then you got a backup catcher in Luke Heyman, who uh, is hitting four thirty two. Uh, you know, and he can DH a little bit, so they just have a lot of options up and down that lineup that uh, that can really hurt you. So your thoughts? What's going to happen? Um. I think the goal is certainly not to get swept. I think there's a chance to take two or three. I, I don't think they'll get a sweep this weekend, but I think that uh, I think they've got an opportunity to take two or three um, if they can pitch a little bit. And uh, I, and I, I really do think they're going to score runs in that ballpark because it is a smaller ballpark. There is no question uh, that it's a small ballpark, and the way they hit the baseball, I mean, Matt, that's a fear, right? The way they've, the way they're hitting it, and the way our starters have been going, uh, that's a fear, Matt. We get in some spots. Chase Burns gets in some spots where he's not locating his fastball. All of a sudden, he's got to come with a breaking pitch like like at LSU last week. Sit on they sit on a slider and hammer it. That's a fear, right? Oh yeah, I I, I could easily see Langford uh, putting a slider off the scoreboard in right center. But the the one thing that well, I guess might help avoid that is you know the weather's not going to be great it's not going to be a really hot day it's not going to be a complete launching pad but i, I do think there, there there will be a lot of runs scored um uh, yeah. especially probably in that the the games two and three yeah we're kind of counting on the weather here but go ahead john yeah. that could that could that could be yeah. a factor now refresh my memory is um yeah. now is the stadium named after todd elton or just the street i'm trying to remember so the the stadium is named after obviously the great Lindsey Nelson, and then who's oh, the okay. Robert Lindsey guy, Matt? Who is that? Who's the Robert Lindsey guy? The field's named after. Do you know, Matt? Uh, I, I believe that's just the guy who gave all the money for it whenever they did it. Adams, is that one of your coffee buddies? Uh, Mr. Lindsey was uh, the Lindsey family donated all kinds of money to UT, millions of dollars. So I think okay. that. that that's why that happened. So yeah. that's who that is. Just like Florida has that name on their uh, Condren, us the family name, something family yeah, field. Yeah. The Condren family ballpark, and and Condren also 
has the name now on the indoor football facility too. He is the uh, he's the big builder in town, and um, mm-hmm. they've that ballpark. By the way, I don't know if you guys have been down here. Scott Strickland did a, a masterful job at that ballpark. It, it is a beautiful ballpark, and I do think the ball jumps out of there too. I think it's it's probably helped their power numbers a little bit compared to the uh, you know the old concrete graveyard at McKeithen Stadium. Uh, this new place is, is really nice. It's got a, a lot of really good amenities. It's a, it's a fun place to go to a ballpark, and I think it's, it's really helped their attendance a lot. I would imagine the nicer your ballpark is, the more at people are, especially if they had those, like, that lawn chair kind of thing in the outfield, and it's got burn, sort of that yeah. Florida ethos. It's got sort of that Florida vibe to it, you know? No question, no question. So is, uh, the reason why I asked about Helton yeah. is, uh, do you think uh, next year is a year for him for the Hall of Fame? Matt Dixon, where are you going? Hall of Famer, yes or it no? Should, it, well, he, he should already be in, but yeah, it, he'll eventually get out. Probably next year, yeah. That's that's the hope. Kevin, I think he'll you be on... just the second SEC player ever in the, the Baseball Hall of Fame, which is crazy to think about. Frank yep. Thomas, number one? Who's number one? Yep. Yeah, Frank, Frank, Frank Thomas. Thomas is the only one, which is insane. I think that's think. insane. Is that insane, guys, or is that insane? Yeah, when you consider all the, I think eventually somebody from LSU will get in there. They've had a lot of good players. I do yeah, think with Helton, what eventually will put him in there is that batting average, because his batting averages decline in Major League Baseball, and they've been yeah. declining for a while. It's just hard to argue with his batting average, his lifetime yeah. batting average. I'll tell you one guy that won't be getting in, and that's that bum Aaron Nola up in Philly. Total <laughs> bum. Guy is a total, complete bozo, the clown. There's your LSU guy, John. Yeah, yeah that's well, your LSU well, guy. There's your, there Tony's the got a prejudice. I mean, I'm sorry the Astros, my Astros, uh, oh, are better. No. Maybe uh, Pete Alonzo with the Gators, you know. I love Pete Alonzo. Now, that is maybe a he'll, cool maybe he'll dude. Get in the, uh, maybe he'll get in the Home Run Derby Hall of Fame or something. You, know? you think they saw that coming down there, him being that kind of major league player, Kev? I saw it. I saw it when I was when I covered him. And the thing about Pete too is he always he had that really good personality too, that colorful personality. I remember Sully kind of tried to mute him and not make him available for a lot of interviews. But when we did talk to him, you could see that not only did he have that colorful personality, but he also had a work ethic about him that I think you could see that was going to carry him. And I remember, you know, going down to St. Lucie and doing a story on him uh, a year or two after he left Florida. And, they just praise that basically how hard of a worker he is. And look, he's not—he's never going to be a Gold Glover at first, but he's improved a lot in that area of his game too to become really a, a more well-rounded player. You're the man. I hope you have a Dwight Gooden. Absolute pleasure. How is Graham Mertz <laughs> faring down there? And how much fear should the Volunteers have of that Gator offense at this point? Well, you know, I think we're going to see more next week in the spring game, but. Uh, mm-hmm. There are some receivers, you know, having Ricky Pearsall back, and there are a couple of freshmen. Andy Jean has really impressed me as mm-hmm. a true freshman. I think he's a guy that might see the field right away and, and be a little bit of a weapon. And, you know, Graham's been okay. Jack Miller's been okay. I think that their hope is that Graham will be a guy that can run the offense really well um, and that they'll be able to do more with the offense with Graham Mert. Um, but you're not going to see those, uh, you know, 80-yard runs like you saw with Anthony Richardson last year. It's just going to be a different kind of offense and an offense that's going to be probably a little bit more, you know, uh, methodical and, and get down the field. Are you surprised on the way out 
because I'm a little surprised that the attention Hendon Hooker's gotten from the NFL. Um, are you surprised that Anthony Richardson has risen like a rocket ship in the eyes of some in the NFL? Well, I think it's just, you know, the combine and the athleticism and, you know, them seeing what what they can create. And I think the NFL, I think there are enough franchises out there that have the egos that think that, oh, if I get my hands on them, uh, you know, I'm going to be able to uh, to do this with them. And it just hasn't worked out that way. Uh, you know, it, it, it certainly you know, didn't work out that way for him at, at Florida in terms of the uh, on-field success going six and seven. But I think they feel like that there's just kind of room to grow with them there. You sound like you're thinking buyer beware of people that are going to take him. A little bit, but I just think you have to put him in a system where he's going to, uh, you know, have to, uh, you know, like I wouldn't throw him in right away. You know, I would give him a year or, you know, close to a year to learn the system. I think that would be the biggest mistake for an NFL team would be to thrust him in and to play him, you know, first game as a rookie. Kev, if folks want to reach out, give them the coordinates, my brother. Yeah, Gatorsports.com and at Kevin Brockway G1. You happen to be the man. I hope you have a Dwight Gooden. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Pleasure. He's the man. Adams sort of kind of giggled when I asked about uh, Graham Mertz. Uh, I'm glad. You heard that? Graham, that was well, very subtle. It was just kind of a... <laughs> I understand, but Graham Mertz brings mirth. We need to start calling him Graham Mirth because he is, I think, for opponents of the uh, vol- of the vol- of the uh, Gators this year, I think he's going to provide mirth, John. Yeah, um, you know, of course, some people would say anybody that can beat uh, Jack Miller out's got to be pretty good, right? Did you watch? <laughs> did Did you watch that Oregon State? I I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but I yes. thought the betting line on the Oregon State Florida lot game was the best bowl game was one of the best lines I've seen in five years. So of course, right? Dixon and I have talked to this. The day, like you see something like that, that's an absolute lap, right? The day mm-hmm. a jamoke like me goes all in on something, and I'm an absolute jamoke, okay? I mean, I couldn't pick a, I couldn't pick a family member out of a room full of, uh, shall we say, uh, I don't know, can you say Oriental? What do you say, Matt? Asian? Asians. I couldn't pick a family member out of a room full of Asian people. The minute you make a bet like that on something that's a slam dunk, I'm going to the poorhouse. Yeah, but I. But you're right, John. That was a layup. That was one of those things that looked too good to be true, but it really was true. Spring. Now I got a. I got a special event coming up. I got to tell you about. I have a special surprise here. I'm. I haven't even promoted it because I wanted to surprise you. That's what we do here, man. My man joining us. They call him Volley, the Fingers. They call him Kirby Cannell. He, along with several other. Members of the Tennessee team are going to be doing a meet and greet at Alumni Hall, Turkey Creek on Monday from six to seven. Race fans, race fans. Kirby's going to be there. Maui Yahuna's going to be there. Drew Beam's going to be there. Blake Burke's going to be there. Chase Dollander is going to be there. Alumni Hall has all their NIL shirts, Tennessee baseballs, other great stuff for them to autograph. The event is free, but if you buy one of their shirts. The money is going to go back to the guys, and let's sell some of those mustache shirts. Get it signed. Great gift. And if you can't make it to the event 
and you want an autograph shirt, you go to alumnihall.com, purchase your autograph shirt today. Do it. Do it. Kirby Cannell, welcome in, brother. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. How are y'all? Um, we're pretty fired up, focused, and prepared. Are you uh, excited for the Florida series? Yes, sir. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great series. Um, you know, it's two top two top programs going at it, and I think it's going to be a fun series. Kirby, you, uh, after last year, you know, the last couple of years, everything's so easy, and the uh, team is flying, and we're scoring runs, and we're beating people, and we're celebrating, and we're having a good time, and this team's, like, had to rework itself. How hard has that been? for you to kind of look around the dugout and see all those new faces and how strange has it been for you getting used to that? Yeah, it was, it was a little weird, um, to start off. Um, it's because, you know, all the guys we lost last year and then, you know, we got all these new guys coming in and, and then you look at our going into our first weekend, only like one person has started an actual game mm-hmm. for Tennessee. Um, but you know, it's a, I think the thing is, um, it's just how well can we work together? Um, and I think that's basically what we've done and what we've proved over the past few weekends is, you know, just keep building on what we're, what we've done the week before. So I think that's, I think that's been good is, you know, just seeing that all the new guys, you know, start to finally figure out the culture that we've created over the past few years. And that's hard, right? Like we were talking, we had Tony on a few days ago and, you know, it's like those guys sort of have to cover and carry for the uh, for the team the last couple of years, because guys, when they see you, they're playing the teams of the last couple of years, you know, and they and they like that like this Florida team, Tennessee's worn them out. I think like the numbers eight out of the last nine. I think is what Matt Dixon had today in his uh, in his report for us presented by our friends at TLD Logistics. So, my question for you on the TLD Logistics hotline online at tldlogistics.com is, uh, you know, how hard has that been for you as a mainstay to sort of to, to sort of carry what happened the last couple of years? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot. Um, but when you think about, you know, all the times from the last few years that we've played um, and then coming to this year, you know, we're a whole different team. Every single year is a different team. And, you know, you say you're playing for the team last year, but, you know, this year we have a whole lot of new guys. We got a whole lot of new – like, we got new culture set mm-hmm. in this team in this program that we've um you know the culture has been set over the few years but now it's like okay now we got to find something new and that's our main thing this year is you know what can we do that's going to help us in the future so i think just you know just being able to play for each other um being able to play for the guy beside you so john adams jump in here with the great kirby Cannell who joins uh, Kirby, when when you talk about culture, last uh, last season's team was uh, uh, had so much personality, and I wonder if, with this year if some some of the guys that were on that team if they find themselves trying to go back and kind of recreate what you had last year, if that's kind of a conflict, trying to recreate that or establish your own identity because because that team was so successful. I think, yeah, I think um, when people, you know, try to go back to last year or try to, uh, you know, try to be like somebody from last year, it's just, it just causes a problem just because, you know, we we got new guys 
we got a new, basically a whole new team and a new year. So you got to treat it as a new year. So, you know, what you did last year isn't going to help you this year. You know, it might, it might end up, you know, helping you in the long run, you know, say like this guy can throw a heater up, but you know, this year hasn't really thrown a heater up, but you know, it's just being able to, you know, work on the things that you've, you've done over the past few years or, you know, looking at the new guys is, you know, what have you done over the past few months that can help you in the future? So, you know, just being able to, you know, just think about what, what you're able to do and what, how the guys next to you are able to help you. Kirby, how could, how could anybody be, try to be Drew Gilbert? Wouldn't that be a challenge? Uh, I mean, you have to be a special human being to do that. (laughs) A complete nut job actually is the, would be the uh, would be the way we would say that in code. Five volunteers will be Monday. Alumni Hall in Turkey Creek. Kirby's been a part of these in the past, and they're always terrific. Six to seven, I uh, meet and greet with him and four of his friends. Kirby will be there. Malia Huna will be there. Drew Beam, Blake Burke, Chase Dolander. The event, uh, they've got NIL shirts. They've got the Tennessee baseballs and other great stuff. The event is free if you buy one of the shirts and money goes back to the guys. Let's take care of them. And if you want one shipped to you, they can do that. If you can't make it to the event, you want an autographed shirt, you go to alumnihall.com. Purchase your autographed shirt today. Yay, yay. Matt Dixon, jump in here. Kirby Cannell on the line with us, Tennessee and Florida tonight. Uh, And welcome in, Matt. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining, Kirby. Um, just with the the pitching staff this year, and just kind of overall, um, not not the numbers from last year. Do, do you get a sense that that guys maybe are trying to do too much uh, on the mound? Maybe some of the the starters that they're trying to be too perfect. I think was Vitello's um, reason. Like, what, what what do you think has been the 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 issue on the mound so far? You know, I think it's. Um, I think there's just not a lot of. Uh, I mean, you know, the, all the, all three of our starters are going out there and they're competing every single day. Um, whenever they get the ball, and you know, they take they take it and they roll with it. Um, but I think it's just you know, um, just going out there and I think it's just you know, got to be able to compete with every single pitch. You know, I think there's some times where you know some 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 pitch you know might not have some conviction behind it, but. Um, and then the other team just take off with it. But I think it's just having having the conviction with, behind your pitch and, you know, being able to um, have the composure to stand out there and, you know, be able to control everything because it's your game. How difficult is it, is it uh, Kirby, to pitch when the defense at times, and, again, this is just all a work in progress, right? This is all about, my ball club is not what they are right now. My ball club really is what we are at the end of May. That's really kind of how this thing goes. And this thing is very much a work in progress. So from that standpoint, how how hard is it in the moment for a pitcher to kind of maintain his focus when, hey, in this inning we're, we're getting, and you've been a victim of this so far. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Uh, there's five outs. There's, you know, i got to get five outs here this inning. Not four. Sometimes five outs. How how hard is that when you're on the mound to keep your composure? Yeah, you know, it just it comes down to having composure and being able to handle the situation. Um, I know we we talk about this all the time as pitchers. You know, just 
being able to stand out there, you know, know that the guys behind you have your back and, you know, being able to, you know, when they, when they say they make an error or whatever, you got to be able to give them the next pitch, you know, be ready to go for the next pitch, do it with a hundred percent conviction behind you. And, you know, just knowing that if you give them another ground ball or another pop fly or whatever, that they're going to catch it and they're going to get the job done. When a ball falls, right, or when a guy throws the ball away, whatever the case is, and you guys, I've often wondered about this. I've never asked anybody, but when uh, when Frank comes out to the mound, right, and you see him talking, does he say something to the infielders, or is that play already over? Do they ever? Does he ever say like, "Hey, man, what, what are we doing here"? Um, sometimes, um, but you know, our main thing is basically just you know, next play, next pitch. Um, don't worry about what just happened. You know, worry about the next thing that's going to happen. It's pretty interesting. Because I, I wonder with a guy like that, when it, how it kind of runs red hot. And and I've sort of watched you this year. You know, it's um, it's just got to be difficult. And, again, do you just remind yourself, hey, these, we got I got nine. I basically have nine new field, eight new fielders, rather, uh, around me here. There's like this is a, this a, this a brand-new baseball team I've got around me. Uh, yeah. You know, there's always that thought in your mind, but then you got to think that these guys have been doing this for, you know, 17, 18 years. Um, just know that, you know, they're, they're here for a reason. Um, they're playing for a reason because, you know, we aren't just going to have anybody out there. You know, we're going to have the best eight or best nine that we got out on the field and, you know, we're going to roll with it. In other words, you're not going to have me out there. <laughs> Kirby Cannell joining. I mean, that's you know, he didn't say that, but in other words, we're not going to have some jabroni like you have to deal with in high school baseball. Uh, Florida, they're hammering the baseball. Kirby, talk to me. These guys are hammering, hammering the baseball, hitting a lot of balls out of the park. How, how mindful are you when you go up against one of these teams that's really swinging it well? Yeah, you know, it's just a, it's just another day out on the mound. Um, you know, we're going to throw to throw to get them to swing the bat. Um, you know, our thing's not for strikeouts. Our thing's for strikes and make them swing the bat. So pitch contact. Um, and, you know, whatever happens, happens. You know, if they hit one out, they hit one out. Uh, if they hit a ground ball, we're going to make the routine play and, you know, roll with it. So I think that's the main thing is, you know, you just pitch the contact and then whatever happens, happens. Tell me about this autograph opportunity meeting and greeting with people. You seem to be so well-equipped for this. Some guys are shyer than each other. Of the fellas that are coming here, uh, who, who's the shyest in the group that's going to be there? Uh, let's see. I think the shyest might be Malia Huna. I knew I you were going to say that. There. Yeah. Uh, but I don't you know. Pay- Malia's yeah. opened up a little bit um, ever since he got on campus. So, um I don't know. I think we're all pretty, we're all pretty uh, outgoing. So I don't know. It's going to be awesome. Um, everybody should come out to Alumni Hall on the tent for uh, meet and greet. Yeah. Meet me, Chase, Burke, uh, Beam, and Mally from six to seven. And it's going to be fun. You know, get your make sure you buy buy some t-shirts. Uh, we we need some money. The only way we can make money so uh, buy your t-shirts. And again, if you Need to, if you uh, aren't able to make it, uh, you can buy your T-shirt online, and we can autograph it, and we'll ship it to you. And Beth tells me the autographs for the online stuff are it's 
she said, hey, man, we're going to take care of people with tender love and care. You know, this is not uh, one of these deals where we're just going to, you know, you're going to get an autograph that's just thrown on there. I mean, you guys are going to take the time to do it. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, we're not just going to. We're not just going to have like a little stamp and you know just stamp our name on it. We're gonna we're gonna take some time and you know make sure it's a really clean, a clean crisp signature for you. Uh, Matt or John, any other final thoughts for the great Kirby Canell, who this weekend no doubt is going to be called on to in in high leverage situations to do what he does. Any other final thoughts, guys? I just, well, I just want to ask Kirk Kirby, were you were you one of the ones that put the the Florida football helmets on after the sweep last year? Because that was low key one of my favorite moments of the season. Yes, <laughs> I, I I did partake in that. And of course, our own Evan Russell was in the middle of that. Obviously, who was the ringleader of that, Kirby? Whose brilliant idea was that? Do we remember? Evan. <laughs> if you didn't Hey, Evan said you're you're the best defensive pitcher that that's been at Tennessee when when he was there. So he he gave you some props on Monday. I mean, big love. Perfect. We're talking. Perfect. He said, All "Tony." Well. well, here's how he prefaced it, though, Evan. I don't. I mean, uh, uh, Kirby. I don't know if you want to visit this with him. He said, "I wouldn't let the way that guy looks fool you." And of course, <laughs> I had to jump in there with. Yeah, you know, Kirby doesn't look like the most athletic guy in the world. You know, I'm going to do me. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm a little cheap. I'm a little bit of a cheap shot artist, but I own it. He said, Tony, you wouldn't believe how well this guy moves, how soft his hands are. He said, if somebody bunts the ball around him or hits the ball around him, the infielders know they can almost relax because he is going to handle the play. He said, this guy is the was the best fielding pitcher that we had. He's the best fielding pitcher over there right now. I mean, Matt, he was really popping for him, wasn't he? <laughs> yes, he, yeah, he was, big time, yeah. Tony's I, I not, mean, big Tony's time. not making that up like he's No, for once in my him. life, for once in my life, I'm not speaking in hyperbole here. So he was he was really giving it up for you, uh, Kirby. And uh, what should we know about Evan as we uh, proceed to go through the rest of the baseball season with him? Is there anything about that knucklehead that, because I'll tell you what, man, he really, really knows the game and he's been a real blessing to us as he joins us on Mondays. He, he is, he is a guy that actually really does know the game. And I think, I think what really helped him his last year was, you know, going from the outfield to catching um, just because of how well he knew the game, how well he knew, um, how to call the game um, back there. Just you know, Coach A really trusted him and knowing what pitches to call and everything. And I think, I think, I think y'all are in great hands with Evan. Um, he understands the game very well. He knows what guys are capable capable of doing, what guys are capable of not doing, and stuff like that. I think y'all are in good hands. He's not afraid to call it right down the middle either. Nope. <laughs> Was he like that behind the scenes? Uh, yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he, he'd let you know. So Monday, it will be uh, Kirby Cannell, Maui Ahuna, Drew Beam, Blake Burke, Chase Dolander, Alumni Hall, Turkey Creek, 6-7. to seven. Get out there, support these guys. And how about it, man? How about a great weekend this weekend? What do you think? You feel, you, you feel like something good's about to happen this weekend with the baseball team? Yes, sir. I think it's going to be another great weekend. I think it's going to be a good weekend for the Vols.
Brother, I hope you have a great day, and it's uh, always a pleasure spending a few with you. Thank you, Curb. Anything else you want to add here on the way out? Uh, the floor is yours. Go. Hit it, my man. Uh, just make sure you all come out to the meet and greet on Monday, and go balls. Thank you, brother. TLD Logistics Hotline. Kirby Cannell joins. John, he's a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun. You know, it's almost like these guys need their need a signature moment this year. I don't want to say to win the fans over, but I do want to say win the fans over, John. Like like a two out of three, a real strong two out of three series win against the number three team in America. The Florida Gators would go a long way. Perhaps, I mean, you know, a sweep would be unbelievable. But I, I get the sense that I get the sense that Vol Nation's kind of looking at the baseball team right now, sort of pensively. Like, who are you guys? Am, am I wrong? No, I. I they, you know, but I don't think I don't think it's a matter of uh, I don't think Tennessee has lost any fans in baseball. I think the fans genuinely really like this baseball program. They like uh, Tony Vitello, of course, and they like this program. Uh, and I think most fans understand this isn't last year, that that was a once-in-a-generation kind of a team uh, going 57-9. and nine. Um, and, and I think a lot of fans look at it uh, like, okay, so we're not dominant now. Mm-hmm. But they can think back to last year when Tennessee was dominant and it came one game short of the College World Series, and they can remember that the team celebrating at the end was an SEC rival, Ole Miss, which struggled for much of the year, seemingly had underachieved. But I think a lot of fans look back that. I got a couple of emails about that this week. I think a lot of fans look back at that and say, okay, we had our super season, but just because we're not super right now, it doesn't mean can't go to the College World Series. So I think I don't think fans feel as though this team is is doomed to mediocrity of any or anything of that nature. Um, but I do also think there is some uh, a kind of a wait and see. I think fans are waiting to see this team like they think it's going to get much better, and they're just waiting for that game, waiting for that series. Maybe the Florida series is it. But I thought I thought it was significant la- last weekend. The Tennessee won that last game and scored 14 runs against LSU because that series was really looking like it was going to be an LSU sweep. And I think that last game, uh, I think, was meaningful for Tennessee. I really do. Well, let's think about this. How, how many times do you have a situation where you get that kind of that final game of a series where you've already lost two? Yeah. And, yeah, and you know, and you and you're thinking to yourself, you're going to get hammered today. I mean, you've and, and especially the way, Matt. I go back to the way Tennessee lost both those games, and I mean, I know a lot of people say, "Well, Tony, why are you asking a pitcher, you know, about the fielding stuff?" The fielding stuff, Matt, is a big deal right now. The fielding stuff, and the pitchers were involved in some of the fielding stuff last week, but the fielding stuff kind of kept Tennessee from winning the series last weekend, Matt. That's that's what happened. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, yeah, yeah. You you definitely had a chance that first game to kind of steal it when, when when you had tied it. So no, the the fielding's a, a huge part. If you look at you know the teams that that field the best in the SEC are typically the ones that 
are at the top of the standings. It goes hand in hand. And you know, Tennessee was really good last year there, and they've had had some struggles, especially in league play. League play this year, which has kind of cost them, you know, the the two games down there in in Baton Rouge of, of at least having a chance to win them. So, yeah, you know, I, I I think you know John's right that this team is was always kind of unfairly going to be compared to last year's team by by not just fans but opposing teams and opposing coaches will kind of mm-hmm. take frustrations out on this team that that last year's team put on teams. So, I, I do think that that's that is a factor that's at play here. Tony, I think I was talking to Vitello um, mm-hmm. Sunday evening, mm-hmm. and he really emphasized what what Matt's saying about how this team is viewed through a lid by opponents, at least, is is viewed through last season's uh, lens. And mm-hmm. when teams play, oh, we saw a great example of that was when Boston College came in here and beat mm-hmm. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And Boston College has a really good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps better than anybody here realized going into the game. But the way Boston College celebrated, and I think there's a lot of that going on even in the SEC. And that's another thing Vitello pointed out is, it, and, and we know it, you just have to look at the standings from one year to the next, how quickly things can change in the SEC and baseball because there's so many good programs and you lose a lot of guys, you can – you could go from top to bottom really fast. I don't think by any stretch Tennessee's going toward the bottom, but I just mean there's a huge variance from can be from one season to the next. So it's it's hard to maintain because if you just you can just slip a little bit in this conference. I mean, this is really we always talk about super conferences in football, but this that's what this is. And imagine with Oklahoma and, and Texas joining it in 2024, mm-hmm. what SEC baseball will look like, truly a super conference. Brian wrote a special supplement for us today over at tclub.team, and, you know, the truth is Tennessee's got, I mean, this is just the rankings across the country, right? Tennessee's got team number three in front of them. They've got team number two in front of them. They've got team number, like, eight, nine in front of them, team number <laughs> six in front of them. I mean, it's, you know. It, it, and, and the Kentuckys of the world have snuck into the top ten. And, you know, Brian asked today, are some of these uh, folks a product of their schedule? And, Brian, what's the answer? They they really haven't faced a, what you say, a challenging. I don't even know if they faced a team that's as good as Texas A&M yep. that Tennessee swept yet. That, that's yep. the question. Florida. A lot, they, they've had to, I think they've feasted on pretty much all unranked opponents. Yeah, Florida is a – and that's a but, weird thing, John, but but you don't go through this league unscathed. Like, everybody's going to play. Before it's over, you're going to play three or four hard series. I mean, you're not going to walk out of this thing unscathed. I don't care who you are. Well, well Tony, one thing that it, – it's it's very much like football now. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're an SEC program, even if mm-hmm. you're the worst SEC program, mm-hmm. you can recruit to the SEC mm-hmm. because you're going to be – the hitters are going to be facing the very best pitchers in college baseball. Mm-hmm. The pitchers are going to be facing the the best hitters in college baseball. So we we have the same thing going that you do in in football, where yeah, if you're a elite quarterback, when you prefer to throw against an SEC pass rush and an SEC secondary, or to 
our SEC two SEC receivers because it's going to help develop your game, and I think that's what happens in baseball. So I mean we're we're getting to a point maybe where just everybody in the SEC could be good in baseball. Two things I never thought that we would see here. Okay, in in my deal, I'm talking about me. Me talking so much college baseball on here and me talking about the women's tournament last week like I was. And I know people thought I was doing a bit on here, but I'm not doing a bit with either because here's the truth. When you rise to the level of being worth looking at, celebrating, investing in time in, you rise to the level of that. And that's exactly, that is exactly what happened with both those sports. Now, Matt Dixon was on the baseball train, college baseball train, for a long, long time. John, you were on the baseball train for how long? How long has country been cool with you? Uh, really, just the past few seasons. I mean, yeah. I've, I've watched more college baseball than I have yeah. in all my other years combined, just in the exactly. last couple of seasons. Um, now, maybe we were missing out before, or maybe it's gotten better. Matt can speak to that. Chris Burke can speak to that. Matt, has it gotten better, or were or were we missing out? The the me, the Johns of the world, the the the, the if you will, the Johnny come latelys, if I can use that term loosely in terms in present company. Uh, were we missing the boat, or has the game gotten better? Which one? Well, I I think both are true. I, I think the game has gotten a little bit better, and. I think a lot of a lot of games weren't televised. Like the the streaming aspect of this, I think has really helped the sport more than anything because you can you can watch every game that every yep. team plays. Um, you know, it, it used to like when Chris Berg played, their super regional games weren't even televised. My so, gosh! And you know now you can watch. I mean, I could watch in you know MTSU and Lipscomb play a midweek game like on the ESPN's app now. So like it's great. crazy. I think that's been a big factor, but. The sport's always been really good. Um, I do think there was about 10 years ago, it was really low scoring and they had the dead bats and dead balls. So they've, they've improved that to where they, you know, this year they're on pace to set a record for home runs, um, across the country. So I, I think that's a, a big part of it too. So it's, and it, it's, and it's a fun sport. It's a lot more really entertaining fun. than Major League Baseball. Oh, Tony, it's, it's it, not even guys, I, I think, uh, Last year's Tennessee had had a team had a lot to do with the increased popularity of college baseball because it had a lot of personalities. Uh, I know it it alienated some people didn't like it that that in your face uh, attitude, but it attracted viewers. It's and the same thing happened with women's basketball. Boom. You had you had Caitlin Clark. Boom. A spectacular player. Um, you had a coach, Kim Mulkey, who dresses to promote. She doesn't go around dressed like that when she's off the court. She knows it's a gimmick, but she uses it. She, she told me, she said, you wouldn't believe how many tickets my clothes have sold. <laughs> because people that might not have had an interest in the sport are intrigued by that, by those outrageous outfits she wears. Yeah. But that's that's what it's about. It, it, it's more than just performance on the field. You got to have personalities, 
And that's what Tennessee's lap to the 2022 team did. And my wife had watched no baseball all year. She watched one Tennessee game uh, in the NCAA tournament, and she saw Kirby Cannell that we just had on this show. Oh, I like him. Just just the mustache and the yep. persona. So yep. I really like him. She got to meet him after a game this year. I was very excited about him. You know, tight, Titans Bill is saying the same thing. He saw Caitlin Clark over the weekend, and he has been saying, well, let's go to hour two. We come back on the other side, 865-200-5402. John Adams is presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors online at seniorshelpingseniors.com. Boy, that was a very, very, very quick hour one. In hour two, I want to get into a little bit of this NCA stuff, tell you what I'm hearing Tennessee is going to go up to the Queen City in, uh, in Cincinnati and uh, go before uh, these folks. And I just want to share with you what I'm hearing because this thing is a, this thing's more serious than I thought it was a couple days ago. I'm not going to lie to you. And we're going to continue. And I was caught, uh, and again, full disclosure, I was caught flat-footed on this thing as we continue on the other side. Uh, 865-200-5402. Hello and welcome. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie. And you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call mepainfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, 
with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. For a fun event to take the family to, Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. This will be fun for the whole family. We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Tony, to be back with you, 865-200-5402. Blake Topmeyer just dropped some knowledge over at uh, Knox News website. Blake, of course, writes about, he used to cover the Vols, writes about the SEC globally now. But he has a really interesting, thought-provoking piece regarding Tennessee and the NCA. And as I was saying before we went to our timeout, I, I'm of the belief right now that this thing is um, its not DEFCON 5 serious because that doesn't exist anymore within the NCAA. But I don't think Tennessee – and yesterday we had on uh, the program the guy that broke the story, Ross Dellinger. I don't think – Tennessee thought they were ever going to be in this position. And by the way, they're in this position. Blake Topmeyer says uh, the following. Instead of agreeing to sanctions with negotiated resolution that equals a plea deal, the Vols will argue their case in front of the Infractions Committee during an April 1921st hearing in Cincinnati. Surely the Vols aren't prolonging this to quibble over minor penalties. If the NCAA had offered to let Tennessee off with a slap on the wrist while sending Pruitt's career to the incinerator, Tennessee's administrators should shake the NCA's hand, swallow the tolerable sanctions, and say, pleasure doing business with you. That's why Tennessee taking its case to the NCA hearing indicates trouble at the 11th hour. Postseason ban level trouble, Topmeyer asks. That's unclear. But any stiff punishment would come as backfire in the face of Tennessee's strategy to cooperate with the NCAA, not self-imposed stiffer penalties, and its rejection of a more amicable settlement with Pruitt. NCAA enforcement last summer said Tennessee, quote, failed to monitor its football program, while Pruitt 
and its lackeys made a mockery of the rules and funneled almost $60,000 in cash and gifts to athletes, recruits, players, families. The level to which Tennessee is sanctioned for the level one failure to monitor charge will be crucial to the Vols' ability to build momentum under third-year coach Josh Heupel, who has restored the program to its best footing in two decades. And, and, and um, Blake goes on here, and I want you to listen. This is, uh, this is worth camping on for a second, because I want to ask Sean about this. The case is a litmus taste, test rather, for whether the NCAA enforcement has evolved beyond punishing athletes who were not involved in the scandal. Tennessee may face threat of stiff NCAA sanctions. They're the guinea pig of sorts after the new constitution went into effect last August. Previously, institutions that cooperated with the NCAA's investigators left themselves vulnerable to stiff punishment, including postseason bans from the infraction committee. Tennessee hopes that its cooperation will be honored are pinned to one sentence in the 20-page Constitution the NCA has released that says, quote, to the greatest extent possible, penalties imposed for infractions do not punish programs or student-athletes not involved nor implicated in the infraction. In other words, this Constitution outlines a reduced chance for a postseason ban or other penalties that punish current athletes for the sins of a past regime. The NCA, though, Topmeyer goes on, and this is where this thing gets really interesting. After talking to Dellinger the other day, and he said, Tony, there are two components of this, and there's also two arms at work. One is, one is lack of institutional control. The other biggie is failure to monitor. Tennessee's been charged with failure to monitor, and that's a biggie. The question becomes, at whose feet do you lay that? Tennessee wants to lay it at the feet of their head football coach. That's their side of it. The outgoing uh, conehead. Conehead of Birmingham. However, the NCAA is looking at it and they're going, no, wait a second. How involved was your athletic director? Who, by the way, was grading game film who, by the way, we can do a Google search and find, was on the field practicing. We can even find the video. So you're going to have trouble convincing us. I'm not saying he was in the middle of all the recruiting stuff, but he should have at least been, I mean, a little bit monitoring this. Anyway, so here's what Blake says. Blake says, as Tennessee Chancellor Donde Plowman described it in January 2021, Pruitt and his associates carried out a, quote, stunning amount of malfeasance. Tennessee evicted the bad seeds, but never ensured the absolution. And and Blake's wondering something in print that I wondered I wondered uh, yesterday aloud uh, when we had Ross Dellinger on here. Or I guess it was a couple days ago. And it's this. He said, you know, this makes me to continue to question makes me continue to question Tennessee's decision not to fire Philip Fulmer. Fulmer, the former longtime football coach turned athletic director, was omnipresent around Pruitt's program. The SEC even banned Fulmer from attending practice for a week after he violated NCAA rules by helping coach the offensive line 
when he was AD, and Blake even has the video in his story in case the, uh, the NCA folks need that. Uh, Blake has provided that today. So here's the point. And, and, and Blake writes this. Fulmer spent most of his life in or around UT's football program. He was hired as AD in part because of his Tennessee football expertise. Nonetheless, Tennessee's administration insisted it was unreasonable to think that Fulmer should have known about the malfeasance occurring under his nose. Fulmer, the university maintained, was among those hoodwinked by a clandestine operation carried out by a first-time coach, his wife, their babysitter, and a few aides, all behind his ears. John, um... I think the Jeremy Pruitt stuff is kind of a red herring here. I think what we're looking at is this failure to monitor charge. And I think the athletic director and the way they dealt with him in the aftermath of it is not good. And I'll tell you another thing I think is not good after talking to people. Now, the NCA is never going to admit this, but people I've talked to say that my hunch, Sean Sinclair's hunch, Matt Dixon's hunch, which is that, Tennessee made this look too easy. They've walked away almost painlessly. If you want to use the term scot-free, go for it. But Tennessee has made this thing look way too easy in the process. John, they're now back on top. Nico is here. I don't think the NCAA liked that very much. I don't think I think tennis the NCA wanted Tennessee to be in sackcloth and ashes in a biblical sense for a few years have to pay their penance and Tennessee made it look easy John they hired the next Steve Spurrier and they've skyrocketed to the top of college football and I don't think they like it John I don't think the NCA likes this very much your thoughts on what's transpired here and are you getting a sense that this is for real well, it, it, it may be for real when you talk about it. And I really didn't think this could happen. Not after the NCA was so vocal in saying how it's going to change the way it conducts business. Mm-hmm. It's not going to punish people who weren't a part of the problem. It's not going to punish athletes. It's not going to, it's not going to pub, uh, punish a new coaching staff, which had nothing to do with this. I think it's really small-minded um, to go after Tennessee. The points you're making, and uh, you know, are valid. But when you describe what the NCA is doing, it, why should it worry about what what Tennessee did with Nico, uh, who supposedly got a tremendous NIL deal worth millions? Mm-hmm. He's not the only player that got that. We, it, they keep using the term NIL transfer era. It's the wild, wild west. There was, there was nothing in place to control this. Everybody was on their own. So now you're going to public punish Tennessee over that? Everybody else pretty much was doing the same thing. If it had a sports collective as aggressive as Tennessee's was, uh, the other part of it is should Tennessee pun- be punished? For hiring a really good football coach? After all the mediocre coaches mm-hmm. and worse Tennessee's hired in the past? Is it I mean, why would you find fault with that? Yeah, it overcame all this. You look at the past when a when a school was under the NCA microscope, 
long before any penalties were assessed, the program was punished again and again because it was having to recruit under the cloud of an NCA investigation. Tennessee succeeded not just because it hired the right football coach, but because this is a different era. And I think players are more interested in whether they can go, whether they can get a good NIL deal than whether they can go to a bowl game. A lot of players opt out of bowl games. So it's a different era. I think it would be really petty for the NCA to bring all this into play in evaluating what happened with Tennessee. To me, the two main things are, first, the NCA said it was changing the way it punishes programs. It's not going to punish the innocent. The other thing that I don't see how it's possible to ignore this, Tennessee made the case for the NCAA. Made the case. I mean, and whether, yeah, did it have ulterior motives? Sure, I wouldn't want to pay Jeremy Pruitt $12 million either. I wouldn't want him running my football program. Nonetheless, it removed all these staff people, Jeremy Pruitt included, and the AD, Philip Fulmer. So, to me, without Tennessee's cooperation and Tennessee bent over backward on this, the NCA wouldn't have come, wouldn't have had a case, wouldn't have made a case. So I don't see how Tennessee can be punished for that just because things worked out well. The only weakness in Tennessee's case, and Blake made that point, that was one of the good points he made, but it's with Philip Fulmer. You're cleaning house, but you're saying Philip Fulmer wasn't involved in any of the uh, recruiting cheating. Well, that's a problem right there. He wasn't involved at, at all. He didn't. He didn't monitor what was going on. He was oblivious to all this. And that's and yet Tennessee pays him one point three million dollars to quote retire. And I think that's the that's the only real flaw in the in, in how it managed this uh, a difficult situation. Matt Texan, your thoughts. And then we're gonna go to the phones here. We we'll kick this around uh, along with the other topics that we've brought up. Um, Matt, your thoughts as this thing has taken on a little severity. We were on the air when Dellinger broke the story on Tuesday. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, well, I mean, on, on the former thing, I know that that looks bad, that that they let him kind of save face. But was, wasn't that what that was for was just, you know, he had some equity built up and he was a Tennessee guy, so – we won't we won't fire him, but we're going to pay him all the his the money that we the same amount we would if we did fire him to go away. I mean, they essentially did fire him. They just let him go out on his own terms. But I, I do I do think that is an issue. But you know, but besides the a potential postseason ban, like are there what possible punishments could there be that Tennessee would be willing to to go to court and fight over? Like I think See, that. That yeah. kind of lets you know that it's really, really serious. I agree. I, mean, I guess I guess yeah. they could take a bunch of scholarships away, but again, like John said, they've basically admitted that they're going away from that those types of punishments for for schools. But like outside of a, a massive amount of scholarship losses and a maybe a one or possibly two year like postseason ban, 
what possible punishments could could the NCA be wanting to give Tennessee that UT wouldn't agree to to avoid all of this? Because if if they had agreed on all this, they this I mean this could have been wrapped up six months ago if they had because it's not like any new information's come out. You know, I mean they did the investigation with the NCAA, so I'm you know I I just I don't know. Yeah, I Hopefully you can figure out a way to yeah, to yeah, to get it yeah. taken care of. Like what's what's the timetable for all this? Well, it's going to be over by July. I don't think our fan base, Matt. So, so if you get hit with the postseason ban, would that free up any players to be able to transfer? Yes, like, they could all at leave. that moment. Whoever wants to leave, yeah, and that right. would be before the and that would be like a month before the season too. So that's right. Yeah. Okay. So that you need you know you got to avoid that at all costs. That's right. And 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 what's going to happen? It's already happening, I'm sure. If I'm a rival recruiter on another team, and I think Tennessee's got a player that I could use, I'm already on the phone with them. And if you don't think that's going on in light of this, because everybody has the Internet. Uh, sorry, boy, I, I found a way to connect to the Internet, as the old saying goes. And, you know, John, the, the thing that I... The thing I think is really interesting here is Danny White had a little miscalculation in the middle of this. He was encouraged by them when he first got here. Hey, while we're doing what we're doing, why don't we just fall on our sword in year one and take a ball ban? Now, Blake has in his story, I didn't want to read the whole thing, but you can go look at it. He calls it a miscalculation by Danny White, who said, no, we don't need to do that. I know these people. We've cooperated. My family's been at this game a long time, yada, yada, yada. And we don't need to do that. But he was encouraged by the apparatus of Tennessee, and he emphatically put his hand down and said, it, and slapped his hand on the table and said, absolutely not. We're not doing this to my football. This is a, my football coach. We are not. Now, Blake has that in that story today. If you don't take my word for it, because you know, oh, Tony, you know, you're just sort of the anti-establishment guy. I'm just telling you what it is. It's a real miscalculation. That is something in the eyes of the power players with Danny White that's not going to age well if this thing blows up in his face. Now, it might not. You know, he might walk out of this thing, and they might just get a few scholarships slapped. Nobody knows. But when you have to appear before the committee, and what Ross Dellinger said to me, and and I talked with several people before getting getting Ross on and asked them, what would you ask him? Several people that are kind of, you know, trying to find the story because we talk. And, and when you do what I do, you have to do that. Got to lean on others. And they said, ask him about the postseason ban, because that's obviously what this thing's about. Now, John, some would say, take the postseason ban. Take it. But you know, the truth is, if they would have done it on the front end, it would have made more sense. Because Tony, when we get down to the bowl game, if you had a do-over, and obviously hindsight's always twenty twenty, but if you had a do-over, you know, so you wouldn't have had to go down there and see that electric football defense that we threw on the field against Purdue in in uh, Nashville. <laughs> Tony, uh, 
I thought it was important that Tennessee go to a bowl game that year. There you go. Because it, it hadn't been to one. And I know the Music, Music City Bowl normally is considered no big deal. But I think for Tennessee's program, it was a big deal. It just went three and seven. I don't really fault Danny White that much for that. I, I still think that you got to look at what the NCAA is doing here. With all that Tennessee did, and with all of its cooperation, and with all that the NCAA, I know I keep going back to this, but with all the NCAA said, I, if, if I'm in Danny's White's position, I think I would have done the same thing because I'm, I'm saying, okay, they're changing the way they punish people. That's in our favor. We cooperated fully. Even Danny White wasn't, wasn't here at the time. That was the chance for Don DePlowman. But if I'm, I'm looking at all this, I don't think I would have taken a bowl ban either back then because I didn't think a postseason ban would be in play. But the not the way Tennessee cooperated, but, but not Blake the way reported, it cleaned house. Yeah, Blake reported today that he was encouraged internally to do that, and he said no. And and you say, well, he made the right decision, which is interesting. I don't know whether he made the right decision or not, but I think internally he, if they end up getting slapped, is going to lose some, what do we call it, political capital? Well, but, but Tony, how... If Tennessee, let's just say worst case scenario, Tennessee doesn't play in a bowl this year. Mm-hmm. I, Tennessee's not ready for the college football playoff yet. It's mm-hmm. not there. Mm-hmm. It may be headed in that direction, but I'd be more concerned about a bowl, about a postseason ban in 2024 than I would be about 2023, because that's when you got a 12-team playoff. Mm-hmm. I just don't think a bowl ban has the significance that it once did. I really don't. Matt, do you think that these guys, they're never going to admit it, guys and gals. The, the, one of the heads of this thing is a lady that was the president of northern Colorado, and she's apparently an ideologue. I'd come up with a name for you, but I don't have it in front of me. But she's one of these... Uh, idealistic type, you know, believes in sports, uh, believes in, you know, the ethos of college sports and doesn't like the fact that, you know, we've professionalized it and this, that, and the other. Matt, do you believe that Tennessee made it look too easy, that this is a part of this deal, that they came out of jail way too quickly for the taste of these people? You think it could be part of this? Probably, but they really shouldn't be tied together. No, but they're and never going to admit two it. Co- two different yeah. coaching tenures together, but I, I can see why they would do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, we, you, we've talked about it on air, about the, the scholarship reductions that they self-impose and all that stuff. A lot of that they were going to kind of have anyway because they just had a lack of players. So I'm not sure how much some of those reductions really mattered. Um, I know there's the one summer where you said that they were under the scholarship limit until August, which is like, well, yep. why does it matter if they have 10 less scholarships in the summer if they're just going to add them in August when the season starts? Like, I, right. I can see all that, but, again, the, the, this is the NCAA doing their selective enforcement of mm-hmm. what they want to punish mm-hmm. and who they want to punish, mm-hmm. and then they kind of justify it after the fact, even if it goes against everything that they've 
you know, this their new policy towards, you know, sanctions. And what makes it interesting, John, is that even a Danny White, who comes from the blue blood of the blue blood of the blue blood, his father Kevin, his entire family's in the family crime, so to speak, sister, brothers, everybody. The FAU AD is his brother. Went to the Final Four. I mean, it's incredible. Father Kevin, long time, long time, first time. Uh, you would have thought that would have bought him some equity. Apparently not, John. I'm not saying I'm not saying that you know we're getting some kind of like major hammer thrown down. But the truth is, you get in this spot. You read Blake's article today. The truth is, this thing was never supposed to get to this point. That that's the reality of what's going on here, and it's kind of hard to grasp. Let's get Scott in here who joins and and matt's got a good point man you would think that you would think that all that blue blood capital from danny white would buy him some grace and it doesn't look like it's buying him any grace but let's go to the phones and it's a shame we're not north carolina basketball running a fake uh college inside of our university (laughs) where they hammered that women's basketball coach hammered her they hammered her sylvia hatchell hammered her Let's uh, let's go to the phones and get Scott in here. Scott, welcome well, in. I want Appreciate to know how UT was expected to monitor the head coach's wife and babysitter. Well, she wanted at one point, Matt, during the middle of uh, Pruitt's regime, she floated the idea of putting her own office over there, which I got to well, give her credit because she's an absolute. She well, let's hope the NCAA doesn't know that. No offense. I, I, think, I think where UT failed is it should have bugged the home of Jeremy Pruitt and his babysitter, Tom. Interesting. Uh, Scott, go ahead, buddy. Sorry to keep you having <laughs> there. Scott E.D., how you guys doing today? What's up, brother? Hey, man, thanks. Uh, Ruth was going to call about MLB, but I won't pull a Titans bill on y'all. I'll get back to the subject here. So, um, it, One of the things I wanted to ask about, I think you had mentioned, going back in history, mm-hmm. that the Supreme Court ruling, that was last August, the NIL uh, was, uh, thing too changed, long. is that right? It was two, two and a half springs ago. 2021. Two and a half springs ago, okay. yep. So since that point, do we know what uh, NCAA penalties have been doled out? Anything approaching the possible uh, similarities of what we're looking at? I think you mentioned Oklahoma State. Is that after or before that? Oklahoma State's case was originally heard in 2020. They then hit them with a couple of uh, season, postseason bowl ban in hoops, which after in they fact, cooperated, after they fully cooperated and welcomed them in, which, by the way, uh, was um, and and this has to get we have to get this out. Um, uh, they were not eligible for the postseason up to last season, uh, last not not this past year, but 2022's basketball tournament. So it was basketball focused, but it was a what, what, one or two season postseason. Ban. It was it was a couple seasons, but because of uh, because of um, um, COVID, it carried over. Well, what was the violation? I have no idea. I, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, so I, I guess the thing I'm trying to think about is, well, if that's already happened, you know, what would make us doubt, you know, that they want to do that again? I, I think you guys have covered most of the bases. The only thing 
I think you kind of look at is, you know, let's maybe, okay, if you're the, the both sides lawyers, if you're the NCAA, right. you know, I think you pointed out that you, your argument is going to be this is not only, you know, uh, you shouldn't be doing it, it's the old rules, but, mm-hmm. but you had a failure to monitor. That's your main thing. I mean, what are you wanting to create precedent? Is there precedent? Are you wanting to maintain your? Is that what you think the, the big question is? Oklahoma State's men's basketball team was suspended from the 2022 NCAA tournament after an investigation stemming from the FBI's 2017 probe into bribery oh. and corruption in the college basketball recruiting. So the so FBI was involved in theirs. So they got and they got one year, but here they, here's they the took thing. Kansas's postseason ban. Yeah, he, here's the thing, <laughs> and, and we're back to this, John. The NCAs are operating under a different charter than they were when that occurred. The thought, the belief was going to be that postseason bans were off the table, but Tennessee does not think. People I talk to, they don't think that that can be trusted or believed, and they think that's what they're facing right now and i just think that's remarkable john i just find that because that would fly in the face of we're not going to punish the current student athletes that that just that just says to me we are trying so hard to hold on to our soviet block and our old school power and you know and the babushka lady over there (laughs) tony uh yes you're so right I think what Tennessee's administrators should do, its chancellor, uh, Dante Plowman, Danny White, the AD, I think they should make their case to Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner. Mm -hmm. I think it should say, look, we did everything we could to make a case. Mm -hmm. We admitted the wrongdoing of our football program. We did everything we could. We gave all of this to the NCAA. We handed them a conviction. Mm-hmm. Handed it to them. And Hand it to I, I think Greg Sankey, look, the NCAA has been losing power by the every year. More and more power. It's losing in court. It's losing uh, in the public eye. The NCAA is, is declining terribly. And the SEC is about to become a, a super conference with 16 teams. And if its commissioner says to the NCA, look, Tennessee did everything right on this. When you're punishing Tennessee, you're also punishing our league. There you go. And we don't appreciate that. Tony, guys, that John's doing exactly where I was headed. Two more things. The first one, before I get right where John just went, but before we get to that, you know, if you're the NCAA, what's, what's your worst? What you're going to do? I, I guess I would say if you throw the postseason bans out the window, I think Nate, John made a good point. That may not even be a big deal now. So you're the NCAA and you want to show you're powerful. What are you going to do? Sanctions? The, what, what? Money? Finances? Scholarship? What's it going to be? Scott, it's a, it's a great point. And I appreciate your call. Thank you. It's, it's very mystifying that we're here right now. I'm not going to lie. I've been caught. I'm not gonna lie to you. I've been caught off guard here, man. I'm not. But you know what? I'm not alone. Tennessee's totally been caught off guard on this deal. Totally, totally been caught off guard. And that's a problem. That's a problem. 
We're going to well, take Tennessee, a quick time what, out. If Tennessee's been caught off guard, it's because it trusted the NCA to stand right. by its word. That's right. And, John, here's what we were told by uh, the Dellinger guy who follows this all the time. And he is extremely good, extremely well-sourced. There are two things here that are at work, okay? You can look at, and I wrote about this today. These people can come on your campus and say, hey, cooperate with us. We're going to go lenient on you. But it's the equivalent of the feds show up on your doorstep and say, hey, we're going to go lenient on you. But they're not the judge. The judge are the people on that committee. The, 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 the investigators and the committee members are two completely different arms. Do they shake hands? The answer is no, they don't. Trusting one can get you bitten by the other. We've seen it before. We have absolute, now I don't know what getting bitten means, but the fact that this thing has escalated to where they are digging in their heels, to where people, the Austin prices, oh, the Vols will sue them if it comes to, I, so I was told that yesterday too. If it comes to this, Tennessee will countersue them if they get hammered. I never thought we'd be there. I never thought we'd hear stuff like that. Not in a million years on this deal. We come back, Mariano will have the floor. Got to get a quick timeout in. We continue after this. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage truck after someone had thrown her out. Well, since then, I've been asked several times about Packer. Is she a dog or is she a cat? I guess I never thought to say, but she's a pit bull mix. And you can see a picture of her sitting in the driver's seat of Don's service truck on our website, garbagemaninc.com. 
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring followed by low interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797. Join us on April 21st at 7.30 a.m. for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is going to be an annual event. It'll be hosted by the Tohi Golf Course on April 21st, starting at 7.30 to noon. Proceeds from this tournament will go towards the academic and athletic opportunities for our students at Columbia Central. Please contact Ms. Christy Smith at Columbia Central High School or Dr. Mike Steele, the principal at Columbia Central High School. Hope to see you out there to celebrate this amazing individual for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is Benjamin Sanders with the Columbia Kiwanis Club. Kiwanis is hosting its annual Sporting Clays fundraiser at the Murray County Gun Club on Saturday, April 15th. Columbia Kiwanis supports the Imagination Library in Murray County for children's literacy. Shooters of any age and skill are welcome to shoot, either as a team or an individual. Scholarships are available for youth to participate. Find us on Facebook, check out our website, or call Suzanne Ganser at 615-939-1928. We hope you join us for this great event. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Back to the phones we go, 865-200-5402. On the Thursday edition, Tennessee and Florida tonight. The weather here is going to be spotty over the next several days. We go back to our busy phones, and Mariano is up next with us. By the way, Blake Topmeyer. It's part of our TLD Logistics Overdrive. Overtime will join us right at the top of our third hour. He has furthered the story today uh, with the Knoxville News Sentinel and across the chain, uh, wherever he's published across their across the country. Um, hello and welcome in to our next caller, Mariano. Hi. Hey, brother. How's it going? Hey, buddy. Hey, I'd just like to ask. Uh, and you and Sean touched on a little bit yesterday. 
you were talking about Sankey's relationship with Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky basketball. Will Sankey go to bat for UT in this case against the NCAA? I'd like to ask that question to John. John Adams, are you there? Brian, did I lose John? I know I'm losing you. Your love is fading. I can feel Okay. I'm sorry, John. What about Sankey's role in this, John? Will he go to bat for the Vols? Uh, Will he go to bat for the Vols? Yes. I I think he should because Tennessee is no longer near the bottom of the SEC. It's got a huge fan base. It's it's football program now. I think in 2024, Tennessee will contend for a playoff berth. It's it's what it's becoming one of the 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 more powerful programs in the conference, not just in football. Uh, both basketball teams made the NCAA tournaments. Baseball its baseball program was had a uh, tremendous year last season. It's been in the college World Series. Uh, has a good team again this year. So, and the other thing about it, though, and I keep coming back to this point, is that Tennessee did so much to make the NCAA's case. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I think, I don't think it should be punished for that. John, they what cleaned if, out the hog pen. Go ahead. You know, I mean, they, they at the end of the day, they the Vols took a hose and cleaned the whole hog pen out. They got rid of everybody. Well, they got rid yeah, and, and I do, again, the one weakness in the case is Philip Fulmer. Uh, yeah, it, it basically fired him. It got rid of him, and it gave him money. Uh, but how does the NCAA look at that? I think what, it, what Tennessee should do, again, in making its case to the NCAA, in, in, full, in regard to Fulmer, it needs to say, look, we didn't hire this guy. We know he was incompetent as an administrator. He had no experience. He's just an old football coach. And the previous chancellor hired him, even though he he sabotaged the um, football coaching search. Uh, So that's, we couldn't, you know, don't put that on us. But on the other hand, he's been a prominent part of Tennessee's sports history. Mm. And, we didn't want – we thought that would be harmful and hurtful to our fan base. Mm-hmm. So we tried to do it. We tried to get rid of him in as gentle and kind a way as possible. But I do think Tennessee overdid that. It it should have said – what if it had gone the other way and said, this guy was grossly incompetent, he was asleep at the wheel, the football program was out of control – and he's out there on the practice field pretending to be a coach. He wasn't doing his job, and we're fi- and we're firing him. Um, that would have probably helped it with the NCAA. Let me ask you guys one more question. Uh, if you have a, a bowl ban, and let's say uh, this bowl ban comes up this year, and obviously none of the guys were here during that era, they cleaned house, mm-hmm. and you have some guys with an NIL deal, would you not, if you put them on a bowl ban restriction for this year, would that not be preventing them from producing income for themselves? No question. Not their season? No question. I mean, that's the thing. If I'm Tennessee, I'm going to dig my heels in on that one. And let's say, let's go back to the Supreme Court and ask them again. I would, if I were one of the players, I think I would sue them. <laughs> I think, I so think too. that's a good way around this. I, 
And I think that would be well, the end the of the NIL can't be pay for play, though. But yeah, let's but say no, if you it, have it hurts. A, if you have a deal, if you have a That's deal right. that you're you're representing a uh, a company. That's right. And then then that and then you don't have the full benefit of that deal. It's restricting yep. your income. Yep, he's right. Well, he's right. I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's not like you're guaranteed a bowl game anyway, though. I mean, you're. you're well, you know, probably. Yeah, I mean, I get your not, point, but, but I, I yeah. I'm not sure that would. It's a good argument to make. I just don't know if it would work. It's a great argument, well, Riano, and anything that ends up with us slapping back at them, in in my mind, well, is is time well spent. Well, I, I think this, Tony. Anything that it, in this case, uh, they don't want to go back to the court. Nope. They don't want to go back to that Supreme Court. I'll guarantee you. So anything nope. that you could get with, that could possibly go back to that court, that's what I would do. And I think it's See interesting. Guys, that, yeah, thank you. I think it's interesting that Tennessee is telling people that they are willing to countersue the NCAA on this deal. And, John, I wonder what you think of that, of that pivot from the Vols. Because, look, we see this all the time. Will the NCAA take that bluster well, John, or do you think they're – are they steerable? Are they intimidatable if you tell them, hey, if you – Step over the line here. We are prepared to sue you. Oh, I think that's the right move. The NCAA is think real. That's the right move. It, it's not winning in court. It doesn't want to go to court. That's the last thing it wants. And it, it, not only the risk of losing, but just the the public perception of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tennessee can say, "Hey, we we did everything we could." to clean up this program. Mm-hmm. And it's not our fault. We got hired a really great football coach, and we won 11 games last year and ended up in the top 10, played in the Orange Bowl and all that kind of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I think it should. You know, you talk about player. If Tennessee got a postseason ban and this affected the NIL deals of players on UT, I guarantee you the people with, involved with Tennessee NIL money with the boosters, the businessmen, I guarantee you they would pay the players just what they were go- just what they were going to pay it anyway. I think that would be a rallying point for bu- for donors well, and for boosters. Sean Sinclair made the point yesterday, and Danny White was the AD at Central Florida because you can always take lemons and make wonderful lemonade out of it if you pivot. And one of the things Tennessee could do is if, in fact, this is what happens, you know, it's what many people are sort of throwing out there, Blake Topmeyer saying, and he'll be on in about four minutes, but the thought being, hey, are we, what, what, like, what's this all about? I mean, that's got to be what it's about. Unless you're talking about taking 50 scholarships from me, a la uh, Ole Miss back in the day, which, um, which, which, you know, uh, here you go, buddy. At some level, at some level, is, is you know, that can't be what this is about. So it's got to be about uh, the, f- it's got to be about the postseason thing. Sean Sinclair said yesterday, you know what you do? You say, hey, it's us against the world this season. They've persecuted us. We're the persecuted team. And we're going to take our vengeance out on college football. We're persecuting others. We're going to score a million points on everybody. 
We're going to print T-shirts that say the Outsiders with the U and the T in it. Uh, like Danny White, when they were down there at Central Florida, John and I thought it was a cool thing when he did it. When they, when they went undefeated and they weren't invited into the deal and they called themselves number one and national champions and... I mean, hey, I got time for that, you know. I'm I'm for that, not against it. So, John today is presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors online at seniorshelpingseniors.com. And, and the great thing about what our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors do is that they're going to brighten the lives of seniors out there everywhere, benefit from a helping hand and a friendly smile. Going to make your life easier by providing compassionate care, comfort of the senior in your life's own home. This is affordable in-home senior care services that will empower the senior in your life to continue to live independently, taking care of day-to-day -day tasks that become more challenging as we all age. And the wonderful thing is it's a senior in the life of a senior, iron sharpening Iron. It is truly, truly a beautiful thing that uh, they're a part of, and we're proud uh, to be a part of it. And several folks out of this audience have come forward and have become caregivers. So if you want to make some extra money, you can do that. And several folks out of this audience uh, have used the services uh, the other way as well uh, for seniors in their lives or even for themselves. Uh, in the meantime, Blake Topmeyer is going to join us momentarily. If you're on hold, we are going to do. Make no mistake about it. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram thanks St. Jude Children's Hospital for their admirable work. We are committing to their cause of providing quality care to families in need at no cost to them by donating $150 for every new vehicle sold. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram is proud to partner with St. Jude for the fourth consecutive year. If you are currently in the market for a new vehicle, visit the team in-store or shop online at ChryslerDodgeJeepRamOfColumbia.net to help families protect what matters most. You can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day -day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224.
Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Hi, Jimmy Elliott for Columbia Ace Hardware. I want to invite you to the grand opening of our garden center, Saturday, April 29th. Come check out our great selection of fruit trees, hanging baskets, ferns, and garden plants. We'll have those things you need to get your garden growing. There'll be lots of activity that day, grilling demos from our Big Green Egg and Traeger experts, free giveaways with your garden center purchase, and Bree's homemade ice cream will be there to take care of your sweet tooth. The doors open at 8 a.m., 112 East James Campbell. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. fun event to take the family to, Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. This will be fun for the whole family. We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. Why are interscholastic sports called the last classroom of the day? Because they teach students important life lessons, like teamwork, accountability, and perseverance. School sports are so much more than a game. They're about developing the whole person. That's why they're an essential part of every student's education. Encourage your student to participate in the last classroom of the day. Interscholastic Sports in Tennessee. This message presented by the TSSAA and the Tennessee Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. 
Coach, baseball is back, and WKRM 103.7 is excited to bring you coverage and sponsorship options for this 2023 season. That's right, Taff, and this year our advertising partners had the option to sponsor our live Little League coverage, Atlanta Braves coverage, or a combo package that carry both of them. This area loves baseball, and what a great way to support the community by helping us bring coverage of our Little League, but also taking a moment to promote local businesses. People are crazy about the Atlanta Braves. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's something special and timeless about baseball radio broadcast. There sure is. So visit Front Porch Radio TN and click on the blue Advertise With Us button for more information about how your company can sponsor baseball of all kinds this season with WKRM. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.